For the past year or so, we have seen a lot on India's population, China's population. It's generally presumed globally by the UN, WHO and others, although WHO will talk about it in a minute, uh, by all the, all the global agencies that India's population this year, if not this month, if not this financial year, maybe by the end of 2023, will become bigger than China. So India will become the most populous country in the world. That is the wide belief. The only way, the only way to prove whether this belief is right or wrong is for India to hold a census. If India had held its census in 2021, okay, that was a COVID year. If we had done it in 2022, we would, have, we would have known the exact number or nearly exact number, but we don't have it. So we have to look at what is being done by international agencies. So the idea that India will become a more populous nation than China is now widely accepted. The idea also that China's population is declining very fast is widely accepted. It's also that China is now walking into a, into a demographic trap is also accepted. What is not fully understood as yet is that while India's population growth rate is also declining rapidly, in fact, it's declining much faster than most, most, than most people give us the credit for it. In fact, we are ourselves to blame for this because within our own country, our population discourse is so distorted in terms of religions, regions, etc., etc., that we are not that not we are not willing to congratulate ourselves. We've done a fantastic job of population control in a purely democratic system with no coercion. I will come to that also because we need data for all that. If you look at all that, you also see that India is not about to lose its demographic dividend soon. And now we have data also showing how long will this last. And again, again to remind us in India that this is an opportunity for us to lose. Because China, our main competitor, way ahead of us. Okay, all right. We might be becoming more populous, populous than them while having a much smaller landmass than them. But at the same time, they are really growing old right now. So to give you one basic fact, our average age now is 28. China's is 39. 39. America's is 38. So China is in fact older than America and China is getting older faster than America. Again, you may ask me why. One of the reasons is that America allows a lot of immigration. So outsiders come in, they become American, they produce babies, right? And younger people, mostly people who migrate to America are younger people in search of jobs and opportunities in China. No such thing happens. China, in fact, is a net exporter of people, just as India is today a net exporter of people, not by a lot. In India, in 2021, we have data now and I will come to it, showing that about 3 lakh people net-net left India in a year. Now, 3 lakh people leave every year net-net. It's not going to make a dent on India's population. In China, the number is a bit more, but the fact is, I'm just using this to contrast it with the fact that America accepts a lot of immigrants every year, renews its population, also, it helps, it helps protect America's demographics. Also, America's birth, rate, uh, birth rates are higher than China's. They're still way below, say, India's and way, not even a half of, say, Pakistan's. I'm just using a far out example. But they're still higher than China. So China's at this point, net China's fertility rate, that is the number of babies an average woman would produce in her reproductive year, say between the age of 18 to 49, right? In China, it's below 1.2, right? In America, it's 1.6. So it is substantially higher than China's. 
India, on the other hand, has now come to two. So India is higher than China, almost twice as high as China. It is higher than America, but two, 2.1 is like replacement level. So India's population growth has also come to a replacement level, which is very good news. The reason we are talking about all of this is that a new Pew Research has come out. You will see stories on this Pew Research on the print.in. And as these come out, I'll share a link with you with the description of this, of, of this episode of Cut the Clutter. But, but this Pew Research, it's looking, it's picking up data from where? It's picking, picking up data from the UN, from the UN bodies, from the UN Population Division. It's picking up data from WHO. It is picking up data from international sources, World Bank, our 2011 census. But most importantly, the most current data from Indian sources comes from National Family Health Survey Phase 5. So it picks up data from all that and makes, makes some very, very pertinent and interesting points. So I will, I will reel out these points to you with some analysis. We'll be borrowing seven graphics with gratitude to Pew. So thank you very much, Pew, for this research and also for these marvelous graphics. But these will make us understand the picture a lot better. So India, uh, Pew tells us, and this is something that we know, has added a billion people to its population since 1950. In fact, more than a billion people to its population. 1950, India's population as recorded then was 35.3 crores, right? We passed the 135 crore mark some time back. Now we are 142 or thereabouts. So we've added more than a billion people, more than a hundred crore people in these, in these 72, 73 years. 2024, as I told you, our population is reckoned to be like 1.42 to 1.43 billion. Again, the UN then, UN population division has three ways. It applies three variants to assess where or project where your population will be by 2050, 2070, 2075, 2100, until 2100. And see this graphic carefully. So the top line is the high median. The bottom line is the low median and the middle line obviously is the median. Median is a more moderate indicator to see if your population grows by this much. The high variant is if your annual population growth rate is then up by another 0.5%. 0.5% is a lot over a large base of population. And the low median is if your annual birth rate comes down by 0.5%. I would say if you ask me, just going by the record that India has had of the past 30-40 years, I would say that reality as India progresses would be a little bit better on the population numbers than even the median projection, even the median variant used by the UN. So if you use the median variant, see this graphic, even if you use the median variant, it tells you that India alright. So today India has just a little less then twice as many people as all of Europe. All of Europe has 74.4 crore people. All of India has already 143 crore people. And almost one and a half times as much as all of the Americas, that is North, South, Central America. That's about just over a billion, 1.04 billion. India is 1.43 billion. But if you see these graphic, this tells you that India's population using the median variant will increase steadily 2064, then peak at 1.7 billion, that is 170 crores, and then it will start declining, then it will start declining until 
2100. But if you use the low, low variant, then the decline will begin not in 2064, but the decline will then begin in 2047. That's important. Look at the second graphic and that's very important. The second graphic tells us that today India among the large population countries and important countries has the largest percentage of people below the age of 25, which means India will have a steady supply of working age people for the next 15, 20, 30, 40 years. So in India at this point, 42.7% of India's population is below the age of 25. 50% are in the age of 25 to 64, which is considered to be prime working age. So these people are productive, they are contributing to the economy. And how many Indians are above the age of 65? Only 7% Indians are above the age of 65. In fact, in fact, if you make a comparison, in, for China, this number of people above 65 is 14%, twice as, twice as many as in India. In the US, it's 18%. So I told you I'll talk about WHO in a couple of minutes. So this is the point where I come on to WHO because WHO made that modeling calculation of four and a half million or five million or whatever number of Indians dying. So first of all, my cynical response to that is, you know that I never believed that number. And I gave you many reasons for why I did not believe that number. But if you believe that number, WHO, by the way, has not been repeating the num that number since then. But if you believe that number, then are you then saying, are you then not even docking India's population with that 5 million dead and still saying India is overshooting China's population this year? Come se come, agar itne log mar hamare, if 5 million of us died, instead of the 6 lakh or something that the that government of India claims or puts out in, in its official figures, then at least thoda sa humko discount de do. Give us a little bit of a discount for these people dead. So maybe we are not such a large population anymore because that many people dying is a significant number. And why is it so? And I know that there's been a lot of counter questioning of my doubts over those WHO numbers that if America had such a high fatality rate, why is India having such a low fatality rate? The answer may lie in the age of India's population. Only 7% of India is above 65. In fact, if you go backwards to 60, again, percentages comparatively between India, America, India, China, India and other developed countries, Italy, Spain, Germany will be very similar. So India has much younger, much younger population. And we know that COVID was much harsher, much more, much more lethal to older people. That out of the way, I told you, we come to our third point. Third point is China and US are aging much faster than India. I told you China 14%, that is twice as many as India are above 65. In the US, 18%. In India, in India, the number of people above the age of 65 will not cross 20% 20, 20 of our population till 2063. So we will remain young for a long time. Again, we will not, this age group will not reach 30% of India's population at least until 2100. So India will stay younger, much longer. In fact, in India, at least, if you see this graphic now, this graphic makes it very clear. In India, at least till 2078, the population under 25, that is young Indians below the age of 25, will be more than Indians above the age of 65. That's a very positive, positive demographic. And again, age group of 25 to 64, which is a productive age group. Today, today, 49.8% Indians 
are in that age group. Even in 2100, 46.3% Indians will be in that age group. So India will, even in 2100, even if population grows according to this median variant, India will still have almost half the people in very productive working age groups. Next point. Next point is fertility rate. Point number four, fertility rate tells you how far is the population growing. So India, as I told you, is 2% today. 2% is higher than China, which is just shy of 1.2%. How Chinese wish it was 2%, but they can't. I keep saying it again and again. You can use state power to prevent people from producing more babies. You cannot use state power to force people to produce more babies. America, 1.6%. But remember, India's population growth rate today has declined phenomenally compared to what it was, say, 30 years ago. That is 1992. 1992, India's fertility rate, that is number of babies a woman produced in her reproductive years, age 18 to 49, was 3.4. And by the way, it began with 6 in 1950. Now, look at this graphic, very interesting graphic. And this graphic tells you what has happened to India's population's population growth in terms of religion. So there is a general view that minorities are growing much faster in India than Hindus, particularly Muslim minorities growing much faster than Hindus. Now, it is true, this data tells us, it is true that the Muslim population in India had a much higher birth rate than Hindu population. But that has changed dramatically. So if you go 30 years back, if you look at this graphic, this graphic starts, data starts with 1992. 1992, for all women in India, fertility rate was 3.4. That is 10 women in India produced 34 babies between them. 1992, national average was 3.4. For Muslims, it was 4.4. So that was, so if 10 other women if 10 of all of Indian women, including Muslims, produced 34 kids, just 10 Muslim women produced 44 kids. So you could say, oh, this is a big difference. Today, however, this gap has become much closer. There is a gap. Today, Hindu women, for example, have a rate of 1.9. In 1992, the Hindu women had the rate of 3.3. That is 10 Hindu women produced 33 babies. 10 Muslim women produced 44 babies. Today, 10 Hindu women produced 19 babies and 10 Muslim women produced 24 babies. So it is now 1.9 and 2.4, 1.9 for Hindus, 2.4 for Muslims. So it is still higher, but the gap is reducing. So Muslim population of India is also taking to birth control quite healthily and quite robustly. And we are beginning to see that difference in data. Again, interestingly, look at the other look at the other minorities. Looks at Sikhs, Buddhists, and Jains. They are the ones who have the lowest birth rates. In fact, their birth rates now compare with America's birth rates. And Sikh birth rates have been lower, have been lower than the rest even since 1992. So in 1992, the Sikh birth rate was 2.4, while the Muslims had 4.4, Hindus had 3.3, national average was 3.4. The Sikhs already had 2.4. Today, they have 1.6. And if you look at Buddhists and Jains, they are also in the same ballpark. So again, very interesting. But maybe, maybe it also has to do with prosperity level of various communities. Then next point, come to point five. This is the heat map of India's states. Look at India's population growth by state. And this data is based on the census, census, census figures of 2001, 2011. Look at the map. The map is self-explanatory. 
so i let it linger on your screens for some time you can take you, you can take a close look particularly of the states you might be interested in and if you see the the darker the deeper the deeper orange part of the map is the hindi heartland right the hindi heartland it is which has the highest birth rates even now and if you look at that and this is remember 2001 to 11 figures the fastest growing states the fastest growing states the fastest growing big state no surprise is bihar that's the case even now if you look at nfhs bihar 25.5% growth in 10 years that is averaging 2.5% per year not compounded uh, madhya pradesh 20.4 jharkhand 22.4 chatisgarh 22.6 the highest of course is meghalaya 28 which might have something to do with the church influence there right but meghalaya is a very small population so so it has a very small base does not affect national number so much manipur again had 24% but see rajasthan 21% up 20.2% etc etc but if you look at some of the other states who are the good states on population Kerala, just check out Kerala, 4.9%. So in a decade, when Bihar grew by 25.4%, Kerala grew by 4.9%. Andhra Pradesh, big surprise, and then it was combined. Uh, state had not split. Andhra Pradesh, 11%. Karnataka, Tamil Nadu, about 15.6%. Maharashtra, 16%. Surprise of surprises, Odisha, which was then a very poor state it's still a very poor state but it's not a bimaru state because they've really worked on their social indicators 14.1% gujarat 19.3% very interestingly punjab 13.9% we told you punjab is doing very well on population himachal again 12.9% jnk on the higher side 23.6% between 2001 and 11 let us see if there is a census now what the figures tell us next next set of next set of data that is number 6 that in urban areas of india median age at which women produce babies is lower than in rural areas you might say yes that makes sense but data always helps so pew tells us that in urban areas the median age at which a woman has a baby is 22.3 years in rural areas it's 20.8 years whereas for women who have had 12 years or more of schooling which means women who passed higher secondary school 10 plus 2 jisne pass kiya hai for them the median age of delivering a baby is 24.9 again stands to reason and for women who had no schooling at all the median age at which they produce a baby is 19.9 so once again you see how social indicators are linked to population growth again if you look at women in the highest wealth quintile then the median age for producing a baby or motherhood is 23.2 in the lowest quintile it is 20.3 which brings us to point number 7 point number 7 again is a good news story for india gender balance now if you see this graphic it's a very telling graphic so in the graphic starts in 1960 in 1960 you can see that sex imbalance at birth is almost negligible that is 105 boys to 100 girls that is seen to be more or less normal or natural right then what happens 1971 india makes abortion legal right so see that landmark india makes abortion legal already this imbalance is rising but 1971 as india makes abortion legal this imbalance begins to rise faster 19 early 1980s ultrasound comes in and as ultrasound comes in then sex determination of fetus becomes possible as that happens 
this imbalance really shoots up like this this graph really takes off ultimately in 2010 or so this graph peaks this graph peaks at about 111.2 and then you see all these new laws come in controls over ultrasound examination or ultrasound gender testing sex selection comes in and then awareness comes in and now this has begun to decline so what was 111.2 the peak in 2010 then declined to 109 has now declined to 108 and is on a declining trend quite consistently in fact i will share with you also the graphic on china so see this graphic on china this tells you how gender imba imbalance or sex imbalance in china has been much much worse because what happened they enforced a one child norm so when they enforced a one child norm then parents really did start killing their daughters or not look, looking after their daughters so they at one point had the imbalance of 118 to 100 that might have corrected a little bit once they permitted people to have a second child but their gender imbalance is still worse much worse than india's once again dictators don't know how people's family lives work but they still want to mess with people's family lives again again number 8 i don't have a graphic for this number 8 again is a good news story for india that infant mortality rate in india has really improved which means it has really declined so infant mortality rate, mortality rate in india which in 1990 was 89 per 1000 in 2020 was 27 per 1000 so you might say great improvement indeed great improvement but it is still not as as good as it should have been because because our neighboring countries some of our neighboring countries are doing much better bangladesh is 24 nepal is 24 bhutan is 23 sri lanka is 6 china is 6 and by the way us is 5 so there is so there is a long way to go if sri lanka can get to 6 so can india but because if you cut down infant mortality rate it brings you many other benefits in its way but the, again the good news is pew tells us that the un interagency group for child mortality estimation that tells us that every year there is a drop between 0.1% to 0.5% in infant mortality rate in india of course we wish that they should be faster and hopefully this will be faster as india modernizes infrastructure picks up and also awareness picks up next point of course i told you that india has negative ne negative immigration now that is that's a notional point that is not such an important important point in numbers but it's an important point politically because there are lots of people in india indian politics particularly on the right who think that india is being invaded by outsiders and that is what is swelling up india's population although pew tells us that there have been junctures in the 20th century when india took a lot of immigrants one of those might have been 1971 during the during the bangladesh crisis when a lot of refugees came to india and at some other points of time also people came in after 65 war a lot of the hindus came in for example but that besides at this point <coughs> last many years india is a net exporter of people it's not as if outsiders are coming in and filling up our population so we have to stop being neurotic about those things one we should stop being neurotic about too many babies being produced second we should simply stop getting so apoplectic about muslims producing too many more babies and overwhelming the rest they are still producing a few more babies than the hindus but their birth rates are declining very fast as well so the movement is in the right direction so give up these fears of being overwhelmed it's not going to happen i'm sorry if i disappoint disappoint 
one constituency, but I'm not giving you my view. I'm only speaking data for you. And this is not my data. This is data from all the top international agencies. So I must also acknowledge the three authors of this report. This is Laura Silver, Christine Huang, and Laura Clancy. Thank you very much. And thank you very much, Pew, for the data and research analysis and also for graphics. And now I gave you one comparison with China in the passing on skewed sex ratios. And I had mentioned the graphic to you. So we showed you the graphic then. I bring back the graphic now. Right? See the graphic on your screen. See how China's gender imbalance or sex ratio has progressed. Right? There's a point when they bring in the one-child child policy, when it's about 107 boys to 100 girls, that is considered close to normal. Right? The moment they enforce a one-child policy, it goes up to 118. By 2,118, in 20 years, what was a sex ratio of 107 to 100 became 118 to 100. Then they said, all right, two children, right? They allowed two children. Then they said, all right, three children, right? With all of that, it's now come to 112. So that's one more demographic besides the average age, besides the youthfulness of the population where India has done much better than China. So while, while we rue all the, all the wrong things we've done, all the mistakes we made, we should, we should also congratulate ourselves for a few things that we have done better. In fact, if you look at Chinese population now, they are rapidly aging. So see this graphic as well. This is from Pew's report, 2022 report on China. If you see this graphic, it tells you that by 2035, 30% of China's people will be 60% and older. Today, 20% are 60% and older. By 2035, 30% will be 60 will be 60 years and older. That will make for 40 crore people. So India also has demographic advantages. Everything is not negative. By 2100, if you look at this Pew data, China's dependency ratio. That is number of people who depend compared to number of people who earn will become, will go in the negative territory. That means fewer people will be earning than the number of people who will be depending on their income. So who are the people who are considered as not earning? That is people between the age of 0 to 14, they are children, and also in the age of 65 plus bracket. I'm not saying nobody above 65 works, but generally that is a safe presumption to make. In fact, in fact, if you look at this Pew data, it tells you that by 2079, you don't have to, the Chinese don't have to wait till 2100. By 2079 itself, China's dependency ratio would have gone to the other side.